Hi, this is Oren. If you find these teachings useful and you'd like to learn more about my work, you can visit me online at orenjsofer.com or on social media at orenjsofer. Thanks so much. So in looking at these, these direct practices, um, we're we're starting to move into the terrain of the pain itself, as Evan was saying. So we're exploring what's our relationship to the pain and um, how are we, uh, and what is this experience of pain itself? Um, So compassion can be seen as kind of like, in some ways, the outermost layer of can there just be some sense of kindness or tenderness or care around this whole thing? And even that just kind of begins to soften it. Um, so the, the the direct practices, and I'll I'll name a bunch of them, and then we'll do one one or two more, are um, are about relaxing with the pain, bringing ease to the experience of pain, and possibly even exploring pain. I think it's a rare patient that's actually going to be willing or interested to explore pain. It's something that more like a, a meditator or a practitioner would do, but it's a possibility. So um, to kind of build on your question, Anastasia, like what is our automatic reaction when we feel pain? Right? When the body feels pain, we want to alleviate it. And that's, that's adaptive, right? That's, that's physiologically adaptive. And if we can, then we do. If we're in pain and we can alleviate it, we do. Because life's hard enough. You know, we don't need extra, extra pain. But what happens is that that desire to alleviate the pain is often accompanied by some kind of contraction. Particularly when we can't alleviate the pain. The muscles tense. There's a, phys- there's a physical contraction and then there can be an emotional contraction. There can be resistance psychologically or emotionally to what's happening. And that resistance itself exacerbates the pain. It makes it worse. Um, so in, in the Buddhist teachings, you have this story of the two arrows Anyone familiar with that story, or the two darts? So the, 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 the story is that um, the Buddha basically says, everyone experiences painful feelings in life, unpleasant feelings. It's like getting shot with a, with a dart or an arrow, and everyone gets that arrow or dart. The difference between people who have practiced this path and really understood it, and those who haven't, is that the ones who have practiced and understood it they just get hit with that first hour. They experience an unpleasant feeling, and that's it. For someone who hasn't practiced or understood, on top of that initial unpleasant feeling, they shoot a second arrow or a second dart of reactivity. Why is this happening to me? This shouldn't be happening. When is it going to go away? Whose fault is it? And so on top of the original unpleasant feeling, they add another mental and emotional unpleasant experience. And so it, it gets compounded. So they've done some studies, particularly on chronic pain, and with certain kinds of chronic pain, um, 
a large portion, I don't know the percentage, but a large portion of the, of the experience of pain is the resistance. It's actually not the initial pain. And so this might have been what that teacher was referring to because compassion does mitigate or reduce the resistance. If we have compassion for the pain, we're not resisting it. And so when that resistance goes down, it's just the initial unpleasant sensation. It's no longer the other layers around it. And for those who have been sick or dealt with pain, you know, the real suffering is not the physical pain. It's the emotional and mental part. It's the, when is it going to end? Is it going to get worse? What's going to happen? Am I going to be able to walk? Am I going to be able to work? Am I going to be, you know, it's the projections into the future or it's the trying to change the past. If only I could have done this, it would be different. Why didn't I? It should have been. That's where we really start to suffer. And that's the part that can end. That's the part that's extra, that we don't have to do. So just an interesting definition of pain. Um, we We can define pain as unpleasant sensation that we resist. We can define pain as unpleasant sensation that we resist that we push against, that we don't want, that we contract around, that we react to. If we're not reacting, it's just unpleasant. So Shinzen Young, who's a meditation teacher, um, who wrote a wonderful book called Breakthrough Pain, um, in that book he has a a really um, lovely little formula to, to describe this. He says, uh... S equals P times R. So suffering, and his, he's using slightly different terms here. So just to take a step back a second, so what, to, to make the terms consistent, so we could define suffering as pain plus resistance. Okay. So pain being unpleasant sensation, the suffering is the, un, is the, is the resistance. So Shinzen's formula is suffering is equal to pain times resistance. Not plus, times. Which means two things, right? One, the more we resist, that suffering is going to go up. But But what does it mean if we don't resist? If the resistance goes down to zero, what happens to the suffering? It's zero, right? Because it's a multiplier. So when there's no resistance, the suffering, environmental engineering major. (laughs) So when there's no no, uh, resistance, the pain might still be there. That unpleasant sensation might, but the suffering goes down to zero. So what mindfulness does is mindfulness shows us the difference between what's actually happening and what we're adding that's extra in our experience. And this is tremendous for pain. It shows us the difference between what's actually happening. Well, what's happening is we got some lab results. That's what's actually happening. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or next week. That's extra. Right? 
And so that's where we can start to really see where the suffering gets added and how mindfulness can help us to stop adding that extra suffering or can help us to guide patients to notice what do we actually know and what's extra, you know? And to be able to validate the emotions that are happening, the fear, the anxiety, the uncertainty, but to decouple that emotional experience from, from the fantasy that the mind is creating about the future. Or, or the, the, the what-ifs that the mind is creating about the past. And to just be with what's actually happening. So, um, some of these direct practices for working with, working with pain. So, compassion is one that we've already looked at. And, and it's the first one we're listing because it's kind of in the middle. It, it, uh, it's working, it's, kind of, it's starting to approach the pain, but it's still really working with the, with the relationship. So, you could, in some ways, consider it an indirect practice. Another one is uh, conscious relaxation. So finding ways to consciously relax the body, especially like the jaw or the eyes, the hands, sometimes we'll clench our hands. Another thing we can do with relaxation is to, to consciously tense and relax a muscle. So when we're resisting pain, the body's in kind of this automatic contraction. Sometimes you can't, we can't let go. Right? Don't even feel the contraction. But what we can do is actually make the contraction worse. We can increase it. It's counterintuitive. But if you increase the contraction, then you can start to release it. Does that make sense? It's like when a drawer is stuck in a dresser and you're trying to get it out and you can't get it out. Sometimes you have to push it back in first to be able to get it out. So when there's a contraction, a resistance around the pain, if you can't relax it or the patient can't relax it, have them consciously tense a muscle. You know, can you make a fist? Can you tense your arm? Okay, now let that go really slowly. Feel what that feels like. That's reminding the body, it's reminding the neurology how to relax voluntarily. And then that can translate over into other areas of the body. Uh, Breathing practices. So lengthening the breathing just being mindful of the breath itself, focusing on the breathing, trying to be aware of the breathing, imagining the breath moving through the body as a way of soothing or evening out sensation, or synchronizing movement with breath. So depending on the patient's mobility, that's going to look different. Uh, you know. But even you know, seated or lying down, doing something like lifting your hands up as you breathe in and then bringing them down as you breathe out, or turning a hand over as you breathe in and turning it over as you breathe out. It's very soothing for the nervous system. Synchronizing the breath with gentle, slow movements. So we have things like Tai Chi and Qigong. Just that, that, that um, rhythmic synchronization of breath and movement can bring some relaxation. I'll just add that some of us may work with populations where people have been on breathing machines or mm-hmm. asthma or other lung diseases, and I wouldn't pick a breathing exercise as my number one for that population. 
because it could be very triggering for them. Right, absolutely. This is the, that practice. Any of those practices would be for people where there's no trauma to the throat or to or to or to breathing. It has to be an easeful experience. Otherwise, it's just going to be more stimulating. Um, doing a body scan. So just having them be, again. What we're what we're working with here is the tendency for the mind to focus on the pain exclusively. So we can help the patient to notice other areas of their body by doing a body scan and systematically having them pass their attention through the body, feeling each part. And just and then the pain, the part that's in pain gets equalized with the rest because it just gets the same amount of attention as we're going through. What that starts to open up is that starts to open up recognizing the resistance. So when we feel the rest of our body, we start to notice the places where we're holding or contracting or tightening against the pain. And we can begin to work with and observe the resistance itself. And this is a very, very powerful practice for working with pain. It's, we're getting closer to the pain now. We're just one step removed. Observing the resistance and really seeing what's, what's the mind and body's relationship to the pain and can there be a softening there. Resistance often comes in waves. It's not voluntary. So there's a painful sensation and the body tenses up and then if we're aware of it, then it'll relax. And then something changes or there's some impulse and then it tenses up again. But if we can be mindful of it and, and be aware of it, it'll relax. So it's not, it's, it's this is going to be a dub, double negative. It's not about not resisting. It's about allowing resistance to come and go. You see that, the difference? So the tendency is to either like just resist and get stuck there or like to try to not resist, which is just more control. It's, it's a quality of surrender. When the body's in pain, there's this quality of surrender that's needed to just allow the waves of whether it's physical resistance or emotional or psychological, whether it's the grief or the fear or the anxiety. It's, it's so natural for those experiences to come. So to just let them come, but not get stuck there. Let them come and then let them go. And it takes mindfulness to be able to do that. To be able to observe what's happening and allow it to pass through awareness rather than snagging on it. We've mentioned developing wisdom. Really, really important tool for working directly with pain is changing the psychological framework. Really starting to understand pain as a completely natural experience. Sometimes this might involve a certain amount of, uh, of education, depending on the patient's age and their cognitive ability. But if there's chronic pain or intense pain, really being able to explain why the body's in pain, where it's coming from and what it means. Because without that information, right, what happens when we're in pain? You know, something's wrong, we're conditioned to believe if my body hurts, there's something wrong. And if my body hurts a lot, there's something really wrong, right? So that may or may not be the case. 
there can be a pain signal for all kinds of different reasons. And so for, to make sure that the patient has the information about why they're in pain and what it actually means, and, and even being able to remind them if they forget again and again, like it's okay that you're, that you're experience, experiencing this pain. I know it's uncomfortable, but it's really natural. This is what your body's doing. This is why. You don't need to worry about it. You know, we're, we're going to do everything we can to make you comfortable and support you to find a way to be with the pain. Um, but it doesn't mean it doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean that. So that's one level of of the understanding, and then the other level is this broader level of um, of wisdom of really seeing that that. That pain's okay. We don't like it. But that's it. It's just that we don't like it. But it's okay. And, you know, for millennia, humans have felt pain and we will continue to feel pain. It's just part of being here. You know? And the more we can understand that perspective on pain, the 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 less... Um, the less we suffer. So um, it was uh, uh, Viktor Frankl who said, um, the human being is not destroyed by suffering. The human being is destroyed by suffering without meaning. It's that lack of meaning, it's that lack of understanding or being able to contextualize what's happening to us that's so, that's so difficult. And that's what this wisdom perspective helps us to, to contextualize it. You know, this is part of being alive and really seeing, and this is really the domain of spiritual care and psychological support, is can we help people to make sense of what's happening to them? So then the last component, which, which we won't actually explore today, but we will go into over the weekend, is investigating the pain. Really starting to take it apart. What is this experience that we're calling pain, being able to differentiate that experience into its individual components of sensation, feeling, reaction, story. So this is a range of ways that we can start to work with the pain more directly, using, using different kinds of mindfulness. So um, we're going to take a break in uh, in a couple minutes, but I first just want to see if there are any um, any questions on on this. And when we come back from the break, we'll do a couple more guided practices. Yeah. Um, you touched on it very briefly. Can you um, talk more about whether? Um, if, if doing some of these practices that connect so deeply with the body can uh-huh. activate sort of trauma as, you know, just in general, many of the patients have had a right. lot of physical, emotional, a lot of right. trauma from procedures right. and themselves. Yeah. And so yeah. Um, I think one needs to tread very lightly, particularly if you're taking a patient's attention into the body. That's why, I mean, I don't know, like we haven't done anything today yet 
bringing someone's attention into the body, and that's one of the reasons. Um, you really need a lot of stability and resilience to to do that. Um, the two practices that we're going to do are a body scan and tracking resistance. Um, I think both of those are um, relatively safe. The tracking resistance is 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 probably safer than the body scan because um, the body scan you're you're passing your attention through the body. Um, so I, th- I would just say if you know be aware of the patient's history and um, take that into account and focus on the indirect practices, right? We don't move to the direct practices particularly like some of some of these where we're where we're looking at like, you know, body scan, tracking resistance, investigating pain. These are still more indirect, compassion, conscious relaxation, maybe even some breathing. Um, until there's a until there's enough resilience and orientation. So a lot of the work is in is if you're working with the patient over time is in developing a basis, right, of groundedness, oriented, there's resource. So that's the first. There's compassion. We know that the patient's relationship to themselves and their pain, at least they have access to care and compassion, whether it's for themselves or from someone else. So those are all of the conditions that are needed to then start to actually go into the pain itself or closer into the relationship to it. Yeah, yeah. Anything else before we, before we take a short break? What is the purpose of going deeper into the pain? Mm-hmm. What will be the fruit of that? Uh, there are there are different different fruits of it. Um, so one would be relief from the pain. Um, when we understand what the pain is, when we see it more clearly, uh, the experience of it changes. So a painful sensation when it first registers in consciousness is usually fairly um, large and gross in its experience, gross versus subtle. It's, you know, like my shoulder hurts. Well, what does it actually feel like? Well, if we can really feel feel it, um, we can see that the what on the surface seemed like just my shoulder hurts, that it's actually changing. There's sensations that are coming and going. The, the, the painful sensations themselves can dissolve into like vibration and energy just moving. That It takes a lot of focus and concentration to do that. I think it's a rare person or patient that would have the capacity to do that. But for, for oneself or in terms of one's practice, it's a very powerful experience to see pain from the other side to not just that initial reaction to it, but what what's it actually made of? What's it built from? And then when we see that, we also see the reactivity much more clearly. We see we start to see how um, how the mind is really um, what the mind is reacting to, and how that's changing. So the more clearly we can observe it, the more freedom we have in relation to it because there's understanding about what's actually happening. Do you want to add anything to that? 
just to summarize, it dispels some of the myths or ideas you have about pain that you might not even know you had. If you get that closer up or a different experience of pain of what you think it is, it's hard to go back to believing that pain is what you thought it was. Because you've, you've just seen, you've seen a different reality. From your uh, discussion in this dialogue, I get the sense uh, that where you've taken me is to understand, to come to understand that this pain is part of my body, it's part of my whole person, and that I have to make a friend with it, uh, that I have to get to know it, and that as I get to know it, as with most things that I get to know with my heart, I might begin to love it. And that will transform the the pain in some mysterious way, that it can only be transformed if I make friends with it, as a loving friend, a compassionate friend. That's a beautiful way of putting it. Thank you. And um, I don't know if we'll, if we'll love the pain, but um, certainly, just like with a friend, when we get to know when we get to know them. Um, we see them differently, and we can appreciate them. So there is a possibility of appreciating pain. I think that's very accessible, appreciating the things that it can teach us, and it really can be a teacher. Yeah. So let's, maybe last last comment, yeah. Last comment. Uh, I have learned, or I regard the pain as something that is moldable. Mm-hmm. And I like to visualize that, like mm-hmm. that, and uh, I, I try to go and and uh, and it changes in my experience when you don't try to run away. From yes, it. you just give it some time and explore, stay with what it is, and see how, even with your visualization, it can be transformed. It doesn't mean it's going to be. Uh, uh, nothing. It's just learning to stay with what it is. It's not being afraid of holding it. Yeah. 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 And visualizing is, is another one that's not on our list, but that it's in the first guided guided imagery and visualization, but it's also um, it's also kind of a, a direct practice is like you're pointing to is visualizing the pain and working with it as an image in the mind. Rather than rather than on the level of sensation, yeah. So let's let's take a ten minute break just to stretch, use the bathroom, and then we'll come back and do do uh, one more final round of, of practice. Uh, so we'll take ten minutes. So maybe ring the bell at three thirty. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.